0: The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome everyone. Always feel it's a bit of a minor miracle that we can gather like this on a Friday evening. It mean, just imagine saying to our friends, Well, yeah, what'd you do on Friday night? I joined a group of other people. And we spent some time keeping compassion in mind, you know. And whenever an experience arose or a memory or whatever it might be, I practice relating to that experience in a kind, compassionate way. And it really the practices that we do on this first Friday of the month and also to some degree with Jane and Jean lead on the third Friday of the month, the self-compassion group. It's really, it arises from our own sense of just paying attention in life that the particular attitude or emotion that's present now in my mind, that we don't have to take it as a given. You know, if we're aversive or anxious or fearful or closed down or whatever the particular attitude of mind might be, we realize, right, over time with practice, that whatever our attitude is, it's always in play. And that's quite empowering. It means that when we have a less than wholesome attitude, we don't have to just, well, that's how it is. We can, it's true, that's how it is, but it's amazing how the process of transformation is as simple as realizing I care about what attitude is present. Already it's beginning to change. Caring about a negative or unwholesome attitude is not that unwholesome attitude anymore, is it? And just imagine, and well, this is the practice we'll do tonight, the compassion practice, But just imagine if somehow through our, at least adult life, but maybe even through our childhood, just imagine if this very straightforward truth was kept in mind. It's not easy being a human being. It's not easy being a living being, you know, for our four-legged friends or whatever. Because it's clearly the case that it isn't easy being a human being, a living being, and we can even sense the people on Zoom, you know, there's about 15 people on Zoom and maybe a few more high teens here in the room, and so about 30 of us, right, and whether we can see each other or not, we can be pretty certain, even if, you know, some of us have a relatively privileged Life with a lot of good fortune, and maybe other people online or here in the room have had more than their share of challenges, difficulties. But the truth is, it isn't easy being human. And doesn't, that doesn't exclude that there aren't moments of real joy and happiness. But even the truth that there's some moments of joy and happiness. Those moments, right, we can't, like, tie them down and make them mine forever. So even the moments of real joy and happiness are part of the truth of suffering because we have to let them be what they are. They're things that come and go. It's just the inevitable exposure that comes with being human, the exposure to growing old, and the uh, uncertainty of our relationships, whatever security, whatever well-being that we have, it's tenuous. It You know, mostly, not entirely, but mostly our well-being and happiness is conditioned. We feel that well-being, we experience that well-being, that um, you know, safety or security, because the conditions are a certain way for us. Which means that that well-being, that security is dependent on those conditions not changing, and yet we know that all conditions do change. There aren't any conditions of my mind, external conditions, none of it is dependable in the long term, right? Things are in motion, things keep changing, and none of us are in charge of how things unfold. And the uh, compassion that we're keeping in mind, it isn't sort of what we might superficially understand as compassion, like, well, I think I've been told I should care. It's, it's really an, an insight, a, an understanding that develops generally over time, that our heart, our mind, doesn't have to be afraid of the truth, that there is pain and there is suffering. Because just think about in our own lives and then in our friends and family, in their hearts and minds, and then just more widely in our culture, think about the many, many different ways we have of controlling, or denying, managing, dukkha, suffering. Like somehow, it doesn't really work, but somehow trying to keep some distance, trying to keep it in a box, trying to feel as if I got a handle on this thing of suffering, or uncertainty, or vulnerability, or just... Pain. And uh, the Buddha, in this really amazing discourse he gave, you know, of course, way back, 25, 2600 years ago, um, talks about how our whole relationship to our life gets distorted because we don't know a wise way of being with this ordinary, unavoidable truth of uncertainty and vulnerability and pain. So, like for example, in this discourse, he talks about how we end up with a very distorted or skewed relationship to pleasant experience because we get really dependent on pleasant experience to manage our exposure to unpleasant experience, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm lonely, but there's that TV show, so I'll use that, or I can cook for myself, make you know. So we we look for pleasure to mask because we don't know how to be with loneliness or be with loss or pain or whatever physical, emotional, mental, spiritual pain we might feel exposed to. So we end up with a skewed, distorted, unhealthy relationship to pleasure because we don't, we haven't learned, haven't discovered or uncovered a healthy relationship with pain. Our pain, the pain of those around us, we don't know what to do with it except to deny it, to try to control it, to blame somebody, to mask it with pleasure if we can. So what we'll be doing, and and we'll have a conversation after we do the guided meditation, but for 30 to 40 minutes, you know, and I'll give some instructions, but basically we're keeping suffering in mind, but we're learning a way of relating to suffering, our suffering, the suffering of others, in a way that's enlivening and not deadening, in a way that's honest and not dishonest. But it's important to understand that compassion as an emotion or an attitude, right, it's an enlivening, liberating, healthy, uplifting emotion. But it's a a particular attitude or emotion that depends on having an honest and even intimate relationship with the truth of suffering. But that doesn't mean it's a heavy, unhealthy emotion. It's enlivening, right? We're, in a sense, we're uncovering the mind, the heart, that knows how to be human. Because being human means there's suffering. There's Even when things are going well, it's not like there's not suffering. It's just that maybe proximate to us, people are doing pretty well. But there's always people who are really suffering and and there's always our own unresolved pain. Even when circumstances or the situation is pretty nice, it doesn't mean all of a sudden all of the answers, you know, everything's resolved and there isn't unresolved pain in my heart. Or still grieving the loss of this or that. So we can't be fully human without this healthy, intimate, relaxed, enlivened relationship with suffering, our own, others, the world's suffering, because this is a good part of what we're living with, bathing in, you know, where this is just, life comes with insecurity and vulnerability, gain and loss, pain and pleasure, fame and disrepute, praise and blame. These are the eight worldly winds, as the Buddha called, called them. You know, just one way of understanding, oh yeah, this is the territory of being human, of being a living being, gain and loss. I was reading an article, I don't know why they've been in the news lately, That I think they've uh, spotted some of the wolverines, which uh, have been very, very rare, you know, just because uh, they're easy to poison because they, they're the one animal, this is what you do, what happens when you read the news, they're the one animal that can eat frozen flesh, and they're, you know, often in the northern latitudes. And, uh, so an animal will die, and a lot of the other carnivores can't, don't have teeth that can actually eat a frozen deer that's died for whatever reason. And, um, but anyway, so then uh, ranchers and farmers and whatever that feel threatened by the wolverines, they just poison a carcass, you know, and leave it out, and then animals eat it and die. And so they clear the land of carnivores, like wolves and and Wolverines and other these So anyway, there aren't too many, but this article talked about I guess they tracked one, and just how many miles, you know, just wandering around through many states Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, you know, just southern Canada, through the course of one Wolverine's life looking for a mate, because there aren't too many, you know. And uh, Just that these stories are endless, just like life is hard. Watching the chipmunks in our backyard and knowing that there are cats that are very good at catching chipmunks and, you know, all that just comes with the territory of having a body, being a living being. And we don't want to, the thing about Compassion is, it's very easy to slide into states of mind that look like compassion, but are actually unhealthy states of mind. In Buddhism, we call them near enemies because they can masquerade as, oh, this is a wholesome attitude because I'm connected to suffering, but I'm connected to suffering by maintaining some heavy... Attitude of mind, like life sucks, some subtle, subtler version of life sucks, life is bad, and then you die, you know, something like that. And, and we feel justified. Well, I guess this is what compassion is. But compassion, and you'll see this when we do the guided sit in a few minutes, compassion has that uplifting and generous quality. The heart, feels empowered to give this wish. And you know, how we articulate it will be, in some ways, personal for each of us. I mean, I'll give you some examples, but, and you don't even need to verbalize the wish. You just need to know that the wish for our own well-being and the well-being of others, that our heart be at ease in this world, with all of its uncertainty and exposure and vulnerability, that wisdom and love protect and guide us in the world that we're living in, not some magical, idealistic place, but in this world, when life eats life, right? I mean, it's one of the characteristics of our world is life eats life. That's how it all happens. May our hearts find real ease, real freedom in the midst of this very human life, right? That's a beautiful wish, right? And to sense that, like to be willing, it's courageous to be willing to be open to this possibility that our hearts can be free in our human life, not afraid even in this world where we are exposed to gain and loss, pain and pleasure, fame and disrepute, praise and blame. And we have to understand, like it's a leap of faith, that, um, that offering, that generous offering to ourselves and to others, may our hearts be free and at ease in this, in the midst of this vulnerability and uncertainty. We have to sense for ourselves that that wish, that generous, inclusive, expansive wish right here and now is a wholesome attitude, a wholesome emotion. And, and it's important to understand we don't need an answer to like, my problems, or your problems, or the world's problems, like what are we going to do about racism, or what are we going to do about climate change, or economic injustice. Because that wish is what it is. It's a generous wish that may, whether we're aiming it toward ourselves or aiming it to a specific other person, or a cat, or, or a dog, or all beings in all directions. So wherever that wish is directed, that wish is real. And the job as a meditator when we're doing the compassion meditation is well, what's the effect here in this mind, heart, body, when the mind has that generous wish? May all beings, find real ease in this world of vulnerability and uncertainty and pain and love and joy and the other half of the equation, right? But may we all find our way. May wisdom and love guide us. The deepest wisdom and love guide us, right? Those wishes, and that's the key. You see how that is a powerful way to relate to the truth of suffering. And I know that it's easy for our minds right now to say, yeah, but I don't have enough money to pay my bills, or yeah, but this person who I love doesn't want to see me anymore. Yeah, but my body's getting old and I've got these problems and I don't want to be my body because it hurts or something like that. But we have to actually notice in our own experience, well, what happens when I keep the generosity of compassion in mind for myself and for others, even as I navigate this difficult territory that I'm dealing with or others are dealing with? What's the pragmatic or functional result of keeping compassion in mind? And when we do it as a formal meditation, we're just developing the habit, keeping it in mind. Good, so let's uh, stretch your legs if you need to, so you'll be comfortable sitting for about 30 minutes. You can stand if you want, or whatever you need to do to sit comfortably, use a chair. But whenever you feel ready, just settle back into a comfortable sitting posture. And as we settle into the experience of our body sitting here, the way we relate to the body can have this understanding that it isn't easy having a body. We know it's not the whole truth because in moments it's nice having a body. Of course, there's a lot of pleasure that comes through the body. It's still ephemeral that pleasure, but it's still something the pleasures of the body, beautiful sights, beautiful sounds, beautiful touches. But I care about this life, I care about this body, care about the vulnerability and the uncertainty that's experienced through the body, and through this sensitive heart that I can feel as well. I care enough to be close, and to be willing to feel what I feel now. Caring enough to feel what's here to feel, to be close. And I care enough to wish well, for myself, just beginning with our own life, finding a way to sense this generosity of our heart, this willingness to wish well. May this sensitive heart, this vulnerable body find real ease, no matter the conditions. May the deepest wisdom and love protect me always. So in a sense, we're learning to speak directly to our vulnerability, to the uncertainty in our lives, to the pain that we experience, any underlying anxiety or Uneasiness we might be sensitive to now. I care about this human life right here and this vulnerable body right here. And I care enough to be close and caring enough to feel what's here to feel, to be close. And I care enough to offer this simple wish to myself. May this heart find freedom and ease, no matter the particular conditions, including the difficult conditions. May this heart be free and at ease. May the deepest wisdom and love guide me, protect me, So you can repeat some of these phrases, or come up with your own, or maybe you don't even need to repeat any phrases. You could just sense this emotion of compassion for your own life to begin with. This tenderness, it's really a kind of quivering, this not being afraid. Of this honest relationship. I care enough to be close right now to the body, to the sensitive heart here, right in the middle. I care enough to wish well for myself. May this heart be free and at ease through all the twists and turns of this life. Not afraid, not burdened by the vulnerability and uncertainty that comes with life. May the deepest wisdom and love guide and protect me always. We just keep hitting this particular note, this particular emotion of compassion, attitude of compassion toward our own life to begin with. This tender, quivering heart that understands that it isn't easy being a human being with all the uncertainty that comes with being human. Care enough right now to be close and to feel what's here to feel and to wish well for this life right here. May this sensitive heart find real ease, real freedom through all the twists and turns through the good times and the difficult times. May this heart be free and at ease, not May the deepest wisdom and love guide and protect me always. just do this on your own. Let's just take another few minutes and keeping our own life in mind to begin with. Find your own phrases or repeat some of the phrases you've heard me say. And you can simplify, it could be as simple as I care about this life. the generosity, the expansiveness of compassion. And you can, when you feel ready, you don't have to, but whenever you feel ready, feel free to bring others to mind. It might be a dear friend who's suffering you're really naturally sensitive to, or maybe you have an older dog at home and you're sensitive to its pain or whatever pain you're naturally sensitive to, you can bring that being, that human being to mind. Just feel that willingness to meet their pain, I care about your pain, I care enough to bring it to mind, to practice not being afraid. May your heart Find ways to be free and at ease with the difficulty in your life. May the deepest wisdom and love guide and protect you always. Love or compassion wants to expand So let it, when it feels ready, let it include others naturally, don't force it. Just let the generosity of compassion naturally lead your heart outward, including more and more, including the people on Zoom, the people in the room here. Because we understand, of course, that we're all human and that it isn't easy being human. I care enough to be close, to be relating in this simple and honest way that it is an easy being human. May the deepest wisdom and love guide and protect us all. May all of our hearts find their way with ease, freedom, even in the midst of the uncertainty the vulnerability, the pain that comes. May the deepest wisdom and love protect us all. May we be free in the midst of our human lives. when you need to bring some memories to mind or to use some phrases to strengthen this attitude or the emotion of compassion, then use the memories and generate some phrases or words that help aim the mind toward the emotion of compassion, and tender well-wishing, wishing people ease and freedom with the difficulty and suffering in their lives, including ourselves. So we're going to continue in silence another 10 or so minutes, and just do the best you can to keep compassion in mind. Willing to begin again and again? Be willing to be creative. How do we keep compassion in mind? The actual attitude or emotion of compassion. Feel its generous, expansive quality, uplifting quality. Learning how to keep the tender, quivering even heart and mind. Heart that's not afraid to be touched by the truth of suffering. Ends up just wishing, well, may we all be at ease in this world we live in, with the uncertainty and the vulnerability. If you haven't yet, let's just take a minute or two, we drop the words now, We're just seeing if it's possible to simply abide with this attitude of love, of compassion, tenderness, all inclusive. These are the Buddha's words. He said, I will abide Pervading all four quarters with this heart imbued with compassion. Above and below, all around, everywhere and every way, I will abide. Pervading the all-encompassing world with compassion. Abundant, exalted, boundless. Free from hostility, free from ill will. I will abide. Take a moment, stretch your legs again. Adjust your body as you need to.